Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and I hope you are having a great start of your holiday Q4 shopping season. And you aren't going too crazy. Like I know generally this time of the year, uh, I've been in Black Friday, Cyber Monday mode for, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, too long, getting old. Today, I'm going to talk about a very specific topic around compliance and where I see the future of compliance going. So this could be cookie consent, et cetera, and some of the reasons behind that. Uh, This was part of my presentation that I gave at the Vervant Pulse Conference last week in London. And the talk was really around the future of web analytics measurement. So just talking about some pains, problems, challenges that I see, and then some future thinking, both just based on the way I see the potential future looking, and also uh, with some of the amazing smart team members here at Elevar with some of their input and thoughts as well. So let's just start with compliance, what I mean by that. This is the GDPR, CCPA, CRPA, which is the new California CCPA version. Anything in that world of, again, consent compliance, cookie compliance, et cetera. I'm going to be candid right now. It's kind of a terrible experience for everybody. It's a terrible experience for users. It's a terrible experience for brands or anybody that owns a website that needs to implement compliance. And a terrible experience for the analysts, anybody that's responsible for implementing and maintaining compliance. Now, I don't want you to think that the statement that it's a terrible experience means that I don't believe that it should exist because it's not what I'm saying. This is very much my point of view on just the way it is set up to work today. So let's just talk about the user experience. So this is the, hey, a user goes to a site and it differs between the country that you are on and they are prompted with anything from a basic, hey, there's a little cookie pop-up in the bottom corner of the browser and it's like, hey, we're only showing this because we think we have to. We're not going fully into compliance. And by you using our site, you are consenting to our cookie policy, et cetera. Have a nice day. And it just has a little button there and that's basically what it states. Some sites will try to get cute with the language, et cetera, but that is what it is. It is a, we are only doing this. It's not really compliance, but we're doing it because we think we have to. And then we have the opposite end of the spectrum where the experience is you literally cannot enter our website at all. I don't know if Dick's Sporting Goods is still doing this. This was an example, gosh, I don't know, six plus months ago. But if you tried to go to dicksportinggoods.com, outside of the U.S. So you didn't necessarily need to physically be outside the U.S., but if you were IP, I'm assuming they were doing IP targeting, if it was detected that you were trying to load the site outside of the U.S., you literally couldn't use a site. They just stated, hey, you can't use our website in your current region that we've detected. Sorry. That is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. That's that's one end. That's like the terrible, the worst experience ever. 
I was going to say the beginning is having that little cookie like, hey, by you scrolling 10%, you're accepting our use. Maybe the uh, there's actually one step further than that, which is just having no compliance at all. So the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Now in between there, there are so many deviations. There's the, if we take one step back from the Dick's Sporting Good example, it's the, you can use our site, but you have to go through and select these different toggles. And what are you consenting to? So you can actually use the site, but you can't use it. It's kind of like you have to create a login or sign in. So you actually have to physically select these before you can use the site. So you can use it, but you have to go through this process. And this is obviously largely found in Europe as part of GDPR. That experience is terrible too. Maybe it's just me, but if I was not in this industry, do I know the difference between performance cookies, the four main categories of cookies? Are users really going to know the difference and read the fine print and go to these terms of use that are, I don't know, 10 pages long? No. I mean, there's just not. Like they, majority of people will not know. If you're not in this industry and entrenched in this, especially on the analytics side, if you're not in the Slack measure community, you probably have no idea what a lot of this means. So that creates this process of conversion optimization around compliance acceptance. Like how can we A-B test and move from 45% to 60%? Again, I get it. It makes sense. Like I understand why that is part of what you may have to do today. So you just don't end up trying to run a business without any data collection, any remarketing, any conversion tracking, et cetera, because more likely that will not end up successful. But again, it's like, man, we why is that even something we have to do? We have to A-B test consent opt-ins because the generic uh, consent opt-in is such a seemingly bad experience. So now let's go back. Let's let's come to US and around the CCPA and CRPA. I think hopefully I'm getting that right. And this is the not quite the GDPR, so you can access the site, but if you don't want to quote unquote uh, have your data sold or used by other third parties, again as a user, you have to go through the process, fill out a form. The form may or may not work. Every site's different. So if you go to your CCPA or California cookie law on different sites, they're all different. And again, from a user perspective, we can see this with some of our own customers, but there really aren't that many people doing it. And I would imagine probably going to be a growing number of people that are doing that simply to try to find a loophole to pursue some sort of legal activity. So this, for many brands that might be listening to this, you may have been caught in the accessibility compliance lawsuits where you're getting a generic like, hey, your site's not accessible. My client tried to use it. We're suing you. We'll drop the lawsuit if you pay us $10,000. That went on for years and years. And I can see that being the future, potential future of, uh, of bad actors when it comes to some of this compliance. So that's all the user perspective. Again, I, I would love to hear counter arguments to this, that it's actually a good experience. But to me, it's a terrible experience. Very confusing, not user-friendly. Now, when it comes to the, the brand owner experience, so the, those that have to implement this, it's kind of the same thing. It's pain in the butt to implement. You generally, no one's really going to know what to do. I even talking to some, some brands last week in London, as we're going through this and chatting with a lot of the brands that were based in the, in Europe and, or England, et cetera. And I was asking, what are they doing about it? And the common response is, nah, we're, kind of doing just enough to hopefully keep out of the spotlight until it becomes necessary. 
because we know the impact it's going to have on us as a business. So it, it is it's very much the uh, play coy or naive until we really have to do it from a legal lawsuit, whatever it might be. And that isn't, I think, just running a business that's risky. And I'm not judging because I'm certainly not perfect when it comes to this area, but I think just just assessing this and evaluating from a business and brand owner perspective, that's not a really great scenario to have to live in or uh, you know make that decision. But let's say you go that whole route of okay, we're going to implement one trust or CookieBot, et cetera. Implementations are all different. The implementations, frankly, a lot of them don't work the way that they state they do. There was a known issue, I think, in a lot of these, like the one trust and the cookie bot with some of the public GTM templates that they released where they didn't actually work the way that they said they would. So the, you, if a user opted in or opted out, nothing really happened until another page view or subsequent activity, which means data could be not sent when it should or data was sent when it shouldn't. So there's a lot of that complexity. And, and this some of this will fall on the implementation team or folks like Elevar, but Again, it's very complex, very convoluted. The dashboards are super confusing to me, trying to set up that whole process. And then trickle that down to the the whole deleting data and going different systems. So if somebody requests their data to be deleted, that's very complicated. You have to go into every system, likely manually. I know many brands, it's a really convoluted manual process that they've had to set up. So it's prone to failure. Again, just assessing it, that is a not ideal experience, and it's just bad experience. Now when it comes to folks implementing and having to maintain and manage, obviously some of this falls in line with what I just talked about with the brand owners, but changes, if something breaks from, like, let's say the OneTrust script, there's something modified or Shopify rolls out a change, like uh, the WebPixel API, where now if you decide to upgrade to check out one, you don't have access to check out that liquid. So you can't actually implement the one trust global JavaScript, which means if you send people straight to checkout from abandoned carts or SMS and people land in checkout and they're supposed to get the GDPR prompt, but they don't because you can't include the script and there isn't a built-in integration. It's like, holy shit, what am I supposed to do? I'm just, I'm just going to do it and, and hope for the best. So that scenario there when it comes to implementing is trying to articulate back of, I had a slide in the deck of, it's kind of like pulling your hair out. One of the pain points for, for brands that I see is, why doesn't it just work? Quote unquote, like why can't it just work? And that scenario I just talked through is a real life example where it's like, hey, Elevar, can you implement one trust? We're going to upgrade to checkout one because we want to take, uh, we want to take advantage of the new possibilities. And then the response is, well, we can't really implement one trust because of the reasons I just outlined. Like we literally can't. So it's either you can't upgrade to checkout one or you upgrade to checkout one with the caveat known that, okay, if you're sending people straight to checkout, you technically you may not be compliant because the one trust prompt is not going to render or display. Maybe depending on when you're listening to this episode, maybe at some point in the future, there will be a built-in integration where this works with a WebPixel API, but as of now, I think it's just a Shopify privacy, the native Shopify privacy app. This isn't me picking on checkout one by any means. It's just using a, a real example that's relevant in our world that I see. So that would be option two. Like you can do it, but you may not be compliant. Option three, be okay. 
you are going to move to checkout one and then you're not, you decide you are not going to send traffic to checkout because you want to remain compliant. Now that is more than likely going to have a direct impact on the business. So no, you can no, no longer send people in a checkout because of those reasons. So you have to send the cart. So you're obviously going to lose people during that flow. So that is why in going through, why is this not the best experience for implementers? That's a classic example. And there are many more that go along those lines. So with all that said, why do I think this process is going to get easier in the future? I follow the pain, follow the problems. And this is painful. It's getting more painful. Just looking at the US, there are, I think, five additional states that rolled out their own CCPA-like policies, and there'll be more. I'm assuming with political cycles, this may become a hot topic. We've already seen Sephora. They had a 1.2 million settlement with the Attorney General of California because they were deemed not compliant. So follow that pain. I think solutions are going to get easier. And what, so Thomas, our VP of engineering, I think a couple of years ago, he started talking about this. He was thinking a lot of the compliance will eventually be built into the browser. So think uh, Google Chrome, you load up Google Chrome. And instead of each website being responsible and accountable for implementing proper compliance for different regions, so US versus Europe, et cetera, this will actually fall in the browser and the browser will actually own this. And there might be an API to integrate, et cetera, but the responsibility or who's tackling this actually falls in the browser. And then might be the browser integrates with one trust or whatever it might be. There's more to unpack there, but the long and short is moving this out of the individual websites and moving it to the platform or the browser. Why I think that really has legs is just look at what we're seeing with platforms already. So the easy example, the iOS devices, so iPhones, the platform made the decision with the tracking. So the iOS 14 rollout with the app transparency prompt, they defaulted to opting out people unless someone opts in to yes, you can track and share data. That is a very real example of the platform making this, the decision on how to control tracking and data sharing across any website that's functioning within that device. Example number two is if we go back to that Shopify example and with the WebPixel API rollout and checkout one, still very early. There are a lot of pessimists around the WebPixel API that's very public. It's easy to take that angle now. It's early, it's evolving, they're evolving it, but I think it's somewhat short-sighted to take that approach. So this is an example of it's going to be a long process because there are several million brands that would potentially have to migrate um, over to this new experience. But the WebPixel API, I think the, the vision and the future of that is, again, moving a lot of this tracking into this WebPixel API or WebPixel Manager where the platform, Shopify, can have more control and visibility into what's happening, uh, especially in a key part of the site, which is checkout. So not necessarily a one-to-one -one example to, to the Apple iOS prompt. However, it's in that same sandbox. I think it's there's more to come with this. And uh, again, this is an example where a, a platform can help make some of these privacy and security decisions 
without relying on every single site to do it themselves in the same way. So that's why I think compliance is going to get easier. We're seeing how painful it is for the user, the brand, the party responsible for implementing and maintaining. We are already seeing platforms take the onus on themselves to do this for everyone. So you don't have to rely on every site doing it themselves. And just following the pain and the frustration, the lawsuits, the potential business cost, all of these and that soup, that mixed soup to me means that this is going to get easier over time. And I really didn't even talk about the difference between client-side tracking and server-side tracking. So let's say I just clicked a button and everything went magically server-side. That again is a, you'll see some articles or you might read some articles from some industry folks out there that that is a potential quote-unquote downfall or something to be aware of when moving server-side is the visibility and what's actually happening you really can't see it. So then the trust has to fall back on the brand that the brand is not a bad actor or whoever is managing owning the site is not a bad actor. But you as a user would not be able to track every single page and what pixels are firing, what's being tracked, et cetera. If everything is truly server-side and outside of their visibility, that is, I mean, it's a gap. I mean, just being candid, it is certainly a gap where you just, you can't trust 100% of people are going to do the right thing and uh, not still harvest that data. So that, again, just goes back to some of these platforms making decisions and uh, ultimately potentially protecting themselves from the uh, you know the examples that we're seeing with Sephora and Google Analytics, et cetera, going through these lawsuits. So that's, the, that's a little bit of my thoughts on the future of compliance. I wish I could snap my fingers and make all this happen by January 1st, 2023. However, it's likely going to be quite a while, but stay tuned to this podcast as I will share updates as we come across them. And I do have an ask if you are finding value in this podcast, if you could just share on social or tag me on Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever platform you use, or just send it to anybody that you think might enjoy this and get useful information out of this. I'm approaching episode 50. There is so much amazing content through the last, I think, six months I've been doing this. And uh, yeah, just share any any episodes you found valuable just to uh, ensure we can keep this going through next year. With that, have a great holiday and I will see you next time. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again.